Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an army of normal folks, and we continue now with part two of our conversation with Jane Borkoff right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, you create an acronym. (laughs) Yeah. And when you talked about the heart in that story, it's really, we made it an acronym, but we called it heart because we were starting it from our hearts. And Yeah, the the metaphor was not lost on on me, I don't think. Yeah, I get it for sure. It turned out to be a terrible name for a business (laughs) (laughs) because I will tell you, we opened the doors on a program February 1 of 2006, right? And we had a probably 1,500 square foot facility that we were renting. It was myself. I had hired a program manager. I hired a special education certified teacher. I hired an aide at the time. What did you hire them with? So we had gotten a grant from the city of Houston to wow. create this program. Um, it was uh, $300,000 for startup funds. We had been working on the grant since 2005. The idea was at that time uh, when we started that we were going to be a continuing education program, one, so, because high school's over, like we talked about. So They're 22. A VOTEC with people with special needs almost. Right. Trying to teach some type of job skills. Right. And remember that, yeah, job skills became two. But one at that time was the twins were in college. Bradley's the big brother. And at that time, everything he's saying to us every day is, when do I get to go to college? I'm the big brother, right? So this when was When do I college. get to go? When do I get to go? And there was nothing out there Heart for University. Him. So we said, we'll have a teacher. And, and here's the other thing, though. How do they continue to learn, right? We are lifelong learners. I'm a lifelong learner. My mom was a lifelong learner. We talked about that. We can take continuing education classes. We can watch the History Channel instead of ET if we want to learn something, right? We can pick up a book. And like any human, when you quit learning, the option then is the option. The If you're not learning, you're atrophying. Right. And, and why? And that literally happens with people with special needs. And later why? In life. Why do we assume that they're going to stop learning just because they've aged out of high school and they're 22? They're, they shouldn't. There's no other time in our, the way our world is configured, right? That they can continue to get education. And so if no one's teaching them, how are they going to learn? Bradley can't just read the back of the cereal box when he's eating breakfast and learn something new. If we're not, taking that time to teach him. But he wants to learn. He wants to learn more words that he can read. He wants to be able to write his name better even today. So that was the first idea of heart was that it would be a place where these individuals could continue to learn even after they were out of high school, that they'd have a place where they could go and there'd be a teacher there, even though it's not a school, 
right? And they don't get teacher retirement. They're just working for this teeny tiny nonprofit organization in Houston. But we have always since that day had someone certified in special education actually teaching individuals in our program. Phenomenal. And then the second thing was what, what you're alluding to, which is the jobs. Bradley wanted to have a job. And I couldn't figure out anyone that would ever hire him to paint pottery and do those kinds of things. And so we were trying to think about what were some jobs, some vocations, some things that we could, you know, involve them in or, or teach them that could lead to them becoming employed. And as I mentioned, our family grew up in working in the restaurants. Bob worked in the restaurants. The twins worked in the restaurants. Bradley was always there. I was eating in the restaurants. I never worked in the restaurants. I was the, t- I was the taster. Well, don't I guess forget, you say. fell in love because of homemade mushrooms. Well, so, right. So, um, but Bradley would do things in the restaurant. He would roll silverware or he would, um, you know, help out with different Which things. Which is perfect. And I said to Bob one time, you know, could Bradley be hired to do this? And he says, well, it doesn't really make financial sense, right? Because the waiters who are late to work, they have to roll the silverware, right? For everybody listening, that's called side work. Side work. And if you're a waiter and you're late or you do something wrong, the manager will put extra side work on you, but they're not going to pay anybody to do it. Exactly. It doesn't make sense to hire It's really part of the job description, side work. Exactly. Um, You know, Bradley can fold a pizza box, but if I call in to order a pizza and I want it to be half gluten-free and half extra cheese and anchovies on this side, but not that side Bradley and this kind of tomato. How's he get Right. Yeah. And so, but a pizza place has, you know, probably three people on the staff, right? The one that's doing the order, the one that's cooking the food and the one that's delivering everything. And so where does Bradley fit in there if he's not able to drive, if he can't take the order and he the order's too complicated for him to cook? One time Ben stole his sister's car. No, no. What one night do you not want a person with special needs driving around a car? Halloween? That would be the night. Oh, no. Found him two and a half hours later, four counties northwest of here. So he's a good driver. Well, he didn't kill anybody that night, so he's an adequate driver. Wow. Yeah. um, He wanted to go for a ride. So anyway, I agree. Ben does not need to deliver pizzas because he could only take rights. And look, there are lots of people (laughs) with disabilities and developmental disabilities who do drive. Um, Bradley, because of his seizures, you know, even if he could learn to drive, because sometimes he drives golf carts and things like that. Obviously, we're not going to put Bradley. We're not going to put him behind the the wheel. but, But Ben did teach me one thing, because he can only literally he could only take rights, and. uh (laughs) No, <laughs> he could only take rights. It sounds like when I learned how to drive. <laughs> well, well, the the point is, if <laughs> I'd go all go around left, the neighborhoods of Brenham, Texas, to make sure I never had to turn well, left. Well, <laughs> if he wanted to go left, he would figure out how to take three rights. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how you do I the do math, my bicycle. Three too. rights is a left, exactly. And this guy figured out if he wanted to go over there, he'd go up, take a right, a right, a right, a right, and then go across. Good for him. <laughs> anyway, we all almost had a heart attack, and. um we found him in the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office, and the sheriffs were nice enough to buy him a Big Mac. He was sitting in the hallway eating a Big Mac. He left the convenience store, and by the time he'd hit the street from the convenience store parking lot, he was doing about 40, and a cop thought he'd just robbed the convenience store because he was driving so, so fast <laughs> out, and the car hit the curb and bounced up oh. in the air, <laughs> and the sheriff pulled him over, and he said he was lost, and... Of course, by then, there was an APB out for him because, right. yeah, and so they knew exactly who it was. And when we got up there, literally, he was sitting in the hallway, grinning ear to ear, happy as a pig in slop with a Big Mac that Sheriff bought him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there are a thousand Ben stories. But needless to say, we're trying to figure out what these kids can do and what you can train them in heart, and it's not going to be delivering pizzas. Right. And so one of our teachers had this idea of doing vending machines. And I know it sounds interesting. Um, Originally, we didn't think this would be any type of a job. She had the idea because what she found when we started the program is great. We know it's great that we're going to continue to teach them and they're going to get continuing education. Guess what? They're 22, 23-year-old grown people that are kind of tired of school. You know, I've been in school since I was three years old, and I don't want to count bunnies on a sheet of paper anymore, right? And so she figured out that if she told them 
we're going to learn how to work, they would perk up. Oh. And if she could teach them how to count Lay's potato chips or Snickers instead of bunnies on a page, right? Or if she could teach them- What a great teacher. How it's an, many- It's actually an applied science. Exactly. And so if you're filling a vending machine, let's say it's a, a drink machine, and let's say you've got bottles of water in there, and you need to figure out how many bottles of water they drank, right, or empty, so that you know how many, because you don't want to go to the van and unload three cases of water and do all that work, and you really only need half a case, right? Right. And so they have to do math and they have, to, they have to learn how to do that. And so for some of the people that were in the heart program, it was as simple as they couldn't read Sprite, but they knew it was a green can. Okay, so green cans go here, orange cans go there. For others, they were learning how to calculate cases. We had some that could actually take dollar bills and count them up to 100 and help get a bank deposit ready because, you know, you put products in the machines, you take cash money out of the machines has to go to the bank. And we ended up, as part of the 501c3 nonprofit HEART, getting a DBA for HEART vending. <laughs> and hilarious and great. And we had a couple of members of our board of directors and parents who said their company would take a vending machine. Coca-Cola gave us six machines to start out with. Uh, rent-free is what they called it. And we ended up getting a dozen the first year, and they were rent-free leases. So we didn't have to come out any money. They put the machines there. And you kept them stocked and collect the money. And we, Yeah, and we would do that. And, and so that was also the entrepreneurship piece of it because yeah. they were involved with every aspect of the business, whether it was – you know, going to Sam's or Costco and and buying the products and then bringing them back. I have a buddy and, that has a bunch of those things. Yeah, and, and he also owns some car washes. He tells me they're actually really profitable. I mean, I bet y'all made decent money doing it for the kids in the program. That was the shocking thing. Now, back then, you're talking 2007. We were selling cokes for 50 cents a can. And we were still making money. I couldn't actually believe it because we were doing it as a teaching yeah, thing. It really wasn't a and then revenue source. We put these machines out there because now we had people that were trained to do it and they wanted to do it. And we had one little machine in our facility, but they wanted to go and, and do it. Yeah, they want to screw with that one. Let's go out and do it. And guess what? We were paying them all the federal minimum wage, which at the time was five fifteen an hour. You could afford to pay everybody minimum wage? For the hours they were working, right? No kidding. Yeah. So we just started doing that, paying them the minimum wage. And so wage. What, you would drive them and then they would handle machines? Exactly. And, then... and we'd go with them and supervise them, make sure if they had a seizure, you know, we knew the protocol and everything. And we'd get them into the lobby or the break room. And I could tell you all kinds of funny stories. Well, I want to hear a story about how a kid with again, cerebral palsy or something that their dexterity with their hands aren't exactly right. How how do they fill a vending machine? Yeah, so work? I'll tell you a story about about one young man in particular, and we'll just call him L.A. That's his nickname. And he's he's exactly as you described. He's a person who uses a wheelchair. He can't talk very much, which is what we refer to sometimes as being nonverbal. He can only use his left hand, Right. His wheels, his his feet are basically just just there, right over the wheels of the wheelchair, and his right hand he he's not really able to use. And we we thought that you know how 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 are we going to teach him this? And what we did was we developed teams. So everywhere we went, we would have a team. So if you open up, let's say a, again a, a drink machine, you open it up. If you've never seen the inside of a drink machine, right? It, it's just um, columns and every column has a different product in it probably so yeah. like one so like if you're a customer it corresponds to the button you to push the button the you push the right and so in that column you've got cans or bottles that are kind of stacked up in there so okay. that they'll you know gradually go down and so when you go to refill the machine some of them are going to be really low if it's sold out if it's a product no one liked or it was stuck or something yeah, like so that yeah so the root beer's way up here cuz nobody likes it anymore exactly that exactly goes out. right Right. So so we would Which build teams. Which question, why we just fill the whole machine with Dot Coke? That's for another – go ahead. Oh, I could tell you so many things about that. <laughs> well, I um, – so we'd have a team. So we'd have somebody that was really tall 
and maybe somebody that was not so tall. We'd have somebody that could maybe write and help fill out the paperwork and maybe somebody that reading and writing wasn't their jam, right? Vending machine team people. We put together a team. Now, that's not how you or I would start a vending machine company. No. We'd do it by ourselves. We'd load up a truck. We'd put all the stuff. We'd hit 10 sites in a day, right? And, And we'd make money. That's not the way Hart was doing it, right? We were taking three people plus a teacher who was also the driver, right? <laughs> and chauffeur them to the site and assist them with, you know, doing the but job. watching people with special needs feel fulfilled. But when we figured out after, you know, a year of doing this that, yeah, we paid them all minimum wage. They – we could pay to repair the machines when they broke. We still had money at the end of the year to buy more machines what, what, and buy what about snack LA? machines. You were saying something about L.A. So L.A. on the team, we took him out on the team. And I'll never forget this because it was the first time that a local TV station came out to cover what we were doing. Oh, boy. And he really that wanted to go. could be good go. or bad. <laughs> we had a competition at heart to see who was going to get to go because we're only going to take three people on the team. Uh-huh. And so we had a competition and we had vending machine Olympics. And so they had to move the dolly around the little obstacle course that we made. We did races to see how fast that they could put, you know, cans in or, or chips or whatever it was. Um, so, so we had all these, you know, events in the vending machine Olympics. And then the people that came out on top, those were the three that got to go. And LA was one of them. I mean, he worked really hard. He wanted to go. He wanted it to be him. And so... I went out there personally because, you know, we're going to be on TV and everything. And I was thinking to myself, like, how is this going to work? And the way we had trained them was that L.A. would fill on the lower sides. His wheelchair could could rise. Got it. Um, It had the, the pneumatics. And so it could rise. And so he would start out filling what he could fill. So somebody on the team hands him the can to his hand that's that he's using and then he puts it in the machine and then they hand it to him and he push so someone else is bending over and, and, and doing the handing and then he's loading the machine and they're working as a team and then when it gets to the part that he can't reach anymore after putting his seat all the way up and the next person comes and the in next person comes job. in and does yeah. the rest right and we had we'd been doing that a lot of times so we get there and everything's going great everything's going exactly as we cameras practice the cameras are rolling <laughs> And he gets to that can where that's the highest he can reach. And he's really kind of struggling to get it in. And so we say, okay, great. Now it's this other guy's turn, right? And he won't let go of the can. He Is won't, he wigging? He just won't let go of it. It's like clenched and he won't let go of it. And he keeps saying, doing like this, you know, he's making motions like he wants to go higher. And we're, we're sitting there going, you know, we're, we're checking his wheelchair to see if it'll go any higher. It won't go any higher. And he's refusing to move. He's refusing to let go of this can. He's refusing to let the other person do it. And so he keeps saying, you know, he wants to go higher. And so finally, two of us get around his chair and we lift him up and this is a really heavy motorized wheelchair we get it barely off the ground but just enough that he could get that can in and then he was fine he wanted to finish the job he wanted to do the very best he could do Mm. he didn't want if that story doesn't speak to the innate humanity of the folks we're talking about the people so easily gloss right over and just assume doesn't exist inside that body. Mm-mm. There's, there's, and I think there's about such that. a lack of awareness of the ability and what's going on cognitively in these folks' minds and heads and hearts and psyches. And what is achievement and what is doing your best, you right. know? And I think about that a lot when we all have those moments where we feel like we're out of energy. We're, hmm. There's nothing more we can do. We've done everything we can do. We, you know, can't go to work that day or can't face whatever's ahead of us. And I think about L.A. and everything that he had to go through just to be there and everything he had to overcome and just him wanting to do one more. And I think to myself, oh, yeah, I can do. I can do that a little story bit more. Alone, it's got to be worth the effort. Yeah. We'll be right back. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So you graduate from vending machines to something else. Right. So after we realized we could make money off of these vending machines, not a lot of money, but a light bulb went off where I realized, okay, so people who have vending machine companies are doing this for a profit. And what we're basically doing is we're getting a profit too. But we're spending that profit on all of our additional costs, the cost of driving them around, the cost of having the supervisor. And so I thought, well, what if we could look at other businesses? You know, think about a restaurant business, for example. And if we could find a business that had, you know, enough of a profit, if you will, that if it was run right, we could use that profit to pay for the special education teacher and so on. At the same time, our teachers were saying that they wanted to do more customer service because even though the vending machine training was great. The human interaction was missing. Right. Who? What vending machine company was really going to hire them at the completion of this training? Yeah, right? That's a good point. And so we knew customer service Which was, was really- back to the genesis of this, the 46-year-old parent going, what am I going to do? A vending machine company is not going to hire them because they can't drive the they can't drive the delivery truck and all those things. Yeah, so it's a cool thing that Hart was doing, and if you like the idea that Bradley and Ben could work yeah, there, but I get it. But you get a gold really watch and retire. What your hope was right, but are they going to get a job outside of Hart, right. which was what we were also working towards? And so we started out just taking the same products that we would take in a vending machine. And again, I have to credit the teacher for thinking of this. So we would take a Snickers bar and a granola bar and, you know, soda pop and a bottle of water. And we'd set up a table outside of a grocery store and just teach them how to, you know, sell Almost like Girl Scout cookies. Like Girl Scout cookies. Everything's a dollar back then. So if someone gives you $5, how do you make change? How do you interact? You know, how do you do all those things? And we had a member of our board who saw that we were doing this and said, you know, I'm a big golfer and I'm involved out of the PGA Tour in Houston The at the time was sponsored by Shell. So it was the Shell Houston Open. And they have charities at all the holes during the tournament. You know, it's the boosters mm -hmm. and the Knights of Columbus and everybody and they're out there. I wonder if they would let Hart go out there. But instead of it being the boosters and the money going back to the organization, if you could do it, as an employment type of program, and that could be their job. So they set up the meeting. We talked to them. Liability came up, you know, all these things. It's outdoors. It's an uneven terrain. It's on a golf course. It could rain. It's Houston. It could be windy. It could be cold. It could be hot. You know, all these know. things. And finally, um, we came up with the parameters of how we would do it. They said, you have to follow all the health inspection rules and everything. We said, we will. We'll wear gloves and hats and hairnets and the whole thing. And we'll be in there too. You know, we'll, we'll be making sure this works. We had the highest sales of any group out there for the entire <laughs> tournament in the history of the tournament. So much so that the guy that owned the concession company personally came out to watch what we were doing because he couldn't figure out how we were making so much money out of a 10 by 10. And the next day, he kicked whoever was on the 18th 
and moved us to the 18th. And that's where we've been ever since is on the 18th, the highest volume one. That is hilarious. Because we would say, you would walk up. What happens when you go buy something at a concession? You say, oh, you know what? I want a hot dog. I want a hot dog and Diet Coke and where's the mustard? And they say 9.52. They throw it at you, take your money, right, exactly. and look at the person behind you. Right. And the volunteers has to go get the hot dog right. and then go get the soda and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then you're going to say, oh, I'm throwing a bag of chips. So what did we do? We had a whole army of people in there, right? An army of normal people with disabilities. <laughs> nice plug. Just well there <laughs> to focus on this activity. And so you come up and say, I want a hot dog. And we've got a guy in charge of hot dog. He hears hot dog. Boom. There's your hot dog. <laughs> the you know hot what? dog, dude. Right. I want chips. If LA's on hot dogs, Boom. it's on. It's on. Right. <laughs> and not only that, but the hot dog team, they were actually preparing the hot dogs. So the hot dogs come in. They put it in the bun. They wrap it in foil, right? They're they icing down. They're icing down the the drinks, you know, beer, soda, whatever's in the booth. Um, we even had a guy that wanted to put Snickers in the refrigerator. And let me tell you, when it gets hot in Houston, that turned out to be a big hit. We were selling out of our cold Snickers for $2 each. But you come up to the booth and you say, you know what? I want a hot dog. Boom, it's there. Give me a couple beers. Boom, they're there. And Bradley's sitting there clicking the tops off of them. And we were moving customers through so fast. And even though we almost never had a line and all these other ones had lines, we were just doing more volume. And then word got out and people were coming to our so booth because it was faster. You, want you don't want to have to wait in line. Go to the 18th. Yeah, it was faster. The heart booth. Exactly. And not only that, but our stuff was actually better quality because when you sell the hot dogs, they have to bring you some more from the commissary so they're fresh. They're fresh. And when you go through the beer, it gets cold because you just put it on ice. Is and anybody going getting it. irony that the special needs people were out working all of the quote normal folks? It opened so many doors because after that, we got inside the Toyota Center, which is the NBA basketball arena. The, where the Houston Rockets play? Where the Houston Rockets play. And, and from, you, what, you got a concession stand in there? We did. And from there, we got one at the NRG Stadium, which is where the NFL team and the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo happens. And all of a sudden, we had a thriving concessions and we changed our DBA to heart vending and concessions. I'll be damned. And we and? were able to employ hundreds of people through those enterprises, and many of them have now gone on to be hired by Papa John's Pizza, by Starbucks, by the venues themselves. So ultimately, it worked. It is working. It's a challenge every day. And I will say the thing that works the most that I've learned in these years is really not the skill acquisition. So what I mean by that is people think, I don't know if I could hire Bradley because I don't know if he could learn how to do the hot dog or make the pizza or or do this or that. But the real reason that they're not hiring him is actually just because they don't know anything about him and they, it's a big unknown. It's right. a big unfamiliarity and they just don't know how they would teach the, the him, how they would train him. The same thing that creates him. the stairs at Walmart. Right. So – by having them in these venues, working side by side with the cooks at the Toyota Center or the Papa John's employees. They or, prove themselves. They see them and they see, guess what? They're there all the time. They never miss. When Papa John's, we, we did a partnership with Papa John's franchise locally during the Super Bowl. They sponsored the Houston Super Bowl. And the exclusive pizza that was sold at Papa at the stadium during the Super Bowl was Papa John's. The, the owner of that franchise called me and said, Jane, how many heart people can you give me? I thought we weren't going to get to send anyone because everybody wants to work at the Super Bowl, you know. How many can you send me? Yeah. And I said, well, how many booths can we have? He said, you can have all of them. I would rather have What heart. What is all of them? How many? So there were probably over 10 booths in the stadium that were selling pizza. And each needed? Four or five. Well, now, Okay. If I were, if you and I were working there, the two of us could run a booth. Heart takes five people. But you're right? talking fifty people because we've got one person folding the boxes, one person that's just on pepperoni, right? Yeah. One person that's working the oven, right? Yeah. One person doing cheese, and yeah. the supervisor, right? That's kind of making yeah. sure they're all doing their jobs. And he said, "I'd rather have heart than any of my other workers." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "I know you're going to be on time. I know they're going to have the right uniforms." He said, "This is a marketing deal for me." I want those pizzas to look good. For what I'm paying to be at the Super Bowl, I'm probably not going to make any money on selling an $8 pizza. But if Chrissy Teigen 
snaps a picture of the pizza and puts it on Instagram and that pizza doesn't look according to my brand standards, right? That's not good. And the heart employees, he said, I know they're going to make a perfect pizza. If if they're like Ben, if you say, Ben, (laughs) I want a pepperoni every two and a half inches around and you can only put four, but they have to be in this area, Ben will stare at that thing and make sure those pepperonis or whatever are exactly where they're supposed to be. He is like, and he will absolutely just, I could see him doing it right now, how he would just, I imagine that's how your folks are. And they've gotten such positive reinforcement. So after they work event after event, game after game, and they've mastered the skill, and then they see people come in and go, wow, that's a good looking pizza or good job. They don't hear that the rest of their lives. I can tell you, I go places with Bradley goes everywhere I go. Nobody goes up to him and says, great job. What a good looking shirt. Nice shoes. But they go to work and they're really doing a they good get job. Real positive, and like actual reinforcement. Not just from us, right? But from the Papa John's employees, but the other people that are working there are telling them, wow, good job. That's really great. You know, you're working so hard. You look really sharp today. The that same things phenomenal. you would tell any good employee. And they hear that and then it makes them want to do better. So I will tell you, there have been games where I'll go to work. And I'll be one of the supervisors in the booth and and maybe we fall behind, right, on the pizza production and I'll jump in and I'll just try to like catch us up. And the heart employees will look at me and say, Miss Jane, that's not correct. Because <laughs> I'll just be slapping the pepperonis on and trying Jane, to get them in the oven. Up our pizza. And and they they will insist, you know, that that quality control happens, that the pepperoni have to go exactly where the pepperoni go. And it bothers them if they're not there. And so trying to catch up is not going to work. We have to do it the right way. Wow. And they enforce those standards. And to the point that the head of the franchise says, I trust my brand to the people that work at heart at the Super Bowl, one of the biggest events in the world. I trust my brand to you guys more than any of my other employees. And I think that just speaks volumes. It says everything, really. I I have to also imagine that the fulfillment that the heart employees, our people with special needs heart employees, Mm -hmm. the fulfillment they get from feeling like they're doing something that contributes is um, significant in, in improving their lives. They get such pride when they put on that Papa John shirt or they put on, you know, they're not wearing heart branded, you know, uniforms. Right. They're wearing the uniform of wherever it is that they're working. If they're working at Starbucks, it's, a, you know, it's the Starbucks get up. If they're working at Papa John's, it's the shirt and the hat. And when they can go to people and say, I, you know, what do you do? Well, I work at Papa John's because what do we do in this country when we meet somebody? What do you do? What do you do? Right. Bradley never had an answer to that. Now he does. And now he does. And so does everyone that participates in the program. And some of these other employment programs that I've seen, while I think they're great. Uh, you know, they're different from what we do, but they're but they're not bad. But they're not sort of jobs that are commonly known. They're not household brands. They're not internationally known companies. And so if someone has to say, well, my job is putting the foam on the coat hanger at the dry cleaners, you know, you, you start explaining what your job is at your family barbecue or picnic. You don't have to explain I work at Papa John's. Right. But when you're at your family barbecue or picnic and someone says, so what are you, what have you been doing? And you say, oh, I work at Papa John's. Yeah. And they light up and go, oh, you work at Papa John's. Which is even more positive And they feed off of that, that, that right. acknowledgement of, oh, you do that. Or they watch TV and they see the, and I'm, and I'm just, the Papa just John's staying with the Papa John's whatever, commercial. But- right. But just to stay with that example. But yeah, they'll see it on TV and they, and they identify that's where I work. And whoever's watching TV with them is, oh, you work there. And it's something that, that is real. It's life changing. And it makes them feel just included. It really is life changing mm-hmm. for their psyche, for their, st- for their self value. 
and for not- all of the all of the top of the pyramid of Maslow's hierarchy of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, this reaches that for people who otherwise would never feel that. And all this time, we've been talking about all of the wonderful benefits to these individuals of having these opportunities. And what have we not talked about? They get paid. They get money. They get money. And it's significant. So in this country, it's still legal to pay people with disabilities below the federal minimum wage. What? Yes. How did I not know that? Well, I'm glad you don't know that. And I hope a lot of other business owners don't know that. But it is a law on the books. There is some movement. Well, let me hold it. I'm, 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 let me digest what you just said. I, I do believe there's a lot of stupid stuff that goes on in our country, and mm-hmm. it comes from both sides of the aisle. I do also believe the genesis of the vast majority of it is typically well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. So let me be, and this is first blush, so maybe don't shoot me here, but I really didn't know that, and I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe that's a that was a well-intentioned thing in order that, people with special needs could get a job that they might set up some businesses where their job is to do a a job that you wouldn't pay a full-time employee to do, but you might pay two or three special needs people to do. And if you could pay them less than minimum wage, it allows you as a business owner to support that. I think you're right about the intention of it. I think so speak to the fallacy of it. Right. So in the years that have followed and what we see in the employment data is that that's not how it's being utilized. Right. So private companies that are employing individuals, there have been a number of high profile, you know, exposés of basically exploitation. Right. And what you end up with is all these nonprofit organizations and really large ones like Goodwill used to do this, for example, using these to create work for people, but it wasn't ever work that would ever really pay the minimum wage. So you're not creating a job that is actually a real job. You're creating kind of, you know, like we're going to busy work and they're getting this lower wage. And so you have people that spend all day shredding paper, shredding money and getting, you know, pennies per day. Uh, there was one study. What is, what is the difference? Do you know? And so what you have to do if you're going to follow no, the this. The difference in the minimum yeah. wage and the And age. what the individual gets. Yeah. It varies. So what you have to do is what's called a time study, and you have to file it with the Department of Labor. And kind of how it works is if we say minimum wage right now where I live is seven twenty-five an hour, right? So if we do a time study, and so I fill up a vending machine, and I can do a whole vending machine in an hour, okay? So one vending machine is equal to 725. And then you've never done it before, but you're just way faster than me, and you could do it in half an hour, So right? now you can pay them 387 And then you get another person, and it takes them, you know, let's say two hours to do it. So you average it together. Oh. Uh. And you say, okay, the average person, right, can do X amount per hour. So then if it takes a person with a disability a week to get it done. That can literally pay them like 50 cents an hour? They could, some, Sometimes they were getting 8 cents an hour, 11 cents an hour. Oh, see, now forget what I said about well-intentioned. That is now abuse. It really just depended on what the task was and how the time study was done and then how the people with disabilities were managed, right? If you put them in front of a TV and just say, shred as much as you can, how much are they really, you know, if they're just putting one sheet in at a time kind of thing. And so so that's how it's been used. Um, And look, there's other examples where I think people would tell you and parents would tell you that it, it does still create a place where... It creates a place for folks to go that have no other options. Right. And to have something meaningful that's not daycare and it's not like a retirement place, right? right? They're they're doing something and they're probably learning a skill. The cool thing about Heart, though, being kind of a disruptor and being kind of like the new kid on the block is that we just never did that. We just never even applied for the DOL. We just pay minimum wage. We just started out paying minimum wage and we never stopped. And minimum wage kept going up and we just kept going up and it just worked. And now we don't even have anyone making minimum wage. They're all paid higher than that. 
That is phenomenal. I mean, the lowest person right now is probably making eight an hour and minimum wage is seven twenty-five. But we have people making fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. And See, Alex, higher. if this gig doesn't work out, maybe Hart will hire you because you make eight bucks an hour. I mean, it's better minimum wage, Alex. We're not getting paid right now, so that's good. Point. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Better what we're making. Well, you can always come to Hart. <laughs> that's right. It's an open invitation. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I cannot imagine that there is not a parent that has a child that is a person with special needs in the entire Houston area that does not want their kid into this organization. And there has got to be a, 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 a limit on what your organization is able to do. Uh, is there a waiting list? I mean, tell me what that looks like. Sure. So as it's grown, we haven't been able to grow and keep up with the pace. The waiting list just in Houston, not even Harris County right now, the last time I looked was over 11,000 people. Waiting to get in? Which when you think about it, these are people who are adults who are not in school, right? And they probably don't have any program at all. And so, and it's a matter of having enough volunteers and teachers, right? Exactly. And so, call to arms, Houston. I mean, how many times have I heard, "I would love to help, I don't know where to help"? Well, a heart could use you. There's eleven thousand people in need waiting. Exactly. And if you can be a volunteer and just give some time, you know, we have volunteers that come and help out. For example, the Rockets game. It's five hour shift. The Rockets play sometimes on Monday nights, sometimes Wednesday, sometimes Friday, sometimes the weekend. If you go, if if they play three nights, well, let's say an NBA team plays, I think, 42 home games a year, right? Right. You can look at that calendar. You're talking about 200 hours a year. Or just pick one. Pick one and get your your family or friends or people in your place of worship, get a group together of four or five people and come and adopt the booth for one game. And by doing that, would make that, all the difference. Right. By doing that, you can make sure that five heart employees have a job that night. Because wow. if we can staff that booth, right, with the people doing the jobs that the heart employees can't do, right? Maybe they can't handle all the credit card transactions fast enough at halftime. Maybe they can't work the fryer. You know, we have some who can and some who can't. So we build a team. And it's people with disabilities working right alongside people and, and without all, disabilities. All you need is a few volunteers. Yeah, exactly. We've also recently started a kind of a quiet campaign. I don't know how quiet it'll be after this podcast, but to raise some money to grow our facility. So we've acquired a one acre piece of property. If you're familiar with Houston, it's in the Garden Oaks area. How, how many can you accommodate? How many? I guess we'd call them students, right? We usually call them trainees. Okay. And we think we'll be able to triple. Well, how many can you accommodate right now? 
right now. So at the facility, well, so let me just say before the pandemic, I think we were working with, you know, almost 200 every year over, you know, a thousand people in the history of the organization, which is a young organization. And we think we'll be able to triple that in the new facility. 600 a year? We think so. And part of that is community partnerships. And part of that is getting people employed. So if people are at the Rockets games, they don't have to be at the facility. Right. But they have to be at the facility for some point in time to, to get the training, to get to the, to get to the game. And then tomorrow. once they're working side by side people, someone's going to hire them because they're going to see what a great worker is, how they're on time, That's how they're reliable. And I'll tell you um, a partnership that we just started, and this is why we think we're going to be able to triple. And that is in Texas – the Heart Program is now the first and only site for a CVS mock store. And what this is, is it's an actual CVS store that CVS is We're coming in. We're talking about in. the pharmacy. The, CVS. Yeah, exactly. CVS Health, the pharmacy. They are building this in our facility, our new facility. No cost to us. They're coming in. They're putting up its its shelves, its carpet, same as what would be in a store. It's all the products, all the to signage. Be a, to be a training ground? To be a training site. And it's the only one in the first one in Texas. Now, they have 44 of these around the country. But there's never been one in Texas, and we're the first and only. And it's for heart. It's for heart. So around the country, they build these mock stores partnering with nonprofits. But it could be for anyone, right? It could be for at-risk youth. It could be for people, you know, coming out of jails. It could be for people struggling with homelessness. But this has got to be the first training. one specifically for people with special needs. Right. They have some where some of the people with disabilities also are on the autism spectrum, for example. But this is dedicated, right, to developmental disabilities. And we're looking at expanding it so that when Hart isn't using it, we might be able to open it up, you know, and have a high school come in and utilize it or have a church come in That's and utilize cool. it. And then have them interact with our heart employees and trainees as well. So, wouldn't it be an interesting training exercise to mock up working there and then have students come and be mock guests? And that's and have that and teach the interaction. So, it's funny you say that because that's exactly what we've been doing in the short time that we've had it really? sort of operational. We have a group, a cohort, we call them, that are in this CVS training program. And then the other individuals that are in heart, we open up the store, right? They come in and they're customers. So they might buy a magazine or, you know, some toilet paper or whatever it is that they want. And the other cohort is ringing them up. And and so they're getting that That's real great. world practice. But what's really cool is that CVS has pledged to give every single person that heart puts through that mock store training program an internship at one of their retail stores. You're kidding. Nope. And at the end of that internship, CVS gets the first right of refusal if they want to hire the person, but they're not required to work there. So Bradley could get hired by CVS and say, no, thanks. I'd rather work at Target or Walgreens or, or Walmart Jones. or somewhere else. Right. But they still get that amazing training opportunity. And we started this program on a smaller scale. And now that we have the new facility, we're really taking it to the next level. And when we had our first group of interns placed at CVS stores, we had, which is an unusual in Houston, a hurricane, right? Power goes out for over a day. You know, streets are flooded. Everything's closed. I had a manager of one of the CVS stores call me and say, if it hadn't been for the heart employee, he wouldn't have been able to open. People wouldn't have gotten their medicine and their essential goods because the only employee other than him that showed up to work the next day was the hard employee. Unbelievable. And this is somebody that doesn't drive, right? Had to figure out a way. So while all the other employees were saying, you know, I all the other employees have, were figuring out reasons they could they couldn't come. These folks were, were out going things. to great lengths to figure out how to be there. And that person was helping him throw out all of the, you know, things that got damaged in the hurricane or had or were spoiled because of loss of power and basically cleaned up the entire store and got them ready to open. Do you, have you taken the time to step back and realize what you've done? I don't know because there's so much more to do. I get that. It's never ending. No, you know? I get that. But, um, 
who donated those first rent fee vending machines? Was it Coca Cola? It was. Yep, it was Coca Cola. And how many did they? They ended up giving us twelve rent free when we got started, and then which is pretty cool. I especially up, when you were like ground four and really weren't in doing anything yet. Oh, I'm telling you, it was great, but we had to figure out how to get the snack machines. And I ended up buying the first snack machine off of Green Sheet, which is this like newspaper. I paid $750. You bought a used one somewhere or something? Oh, yeah. I wrote a personal check and bought a used one <laughs> off of somebody. And that thing almost never worked and it was terrible. I mean, they really cost upwards of $1,000 each. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. expensive. All right. So we're just going to say... From 12 free drink machines that are now you're leasing and one crappy broke down snack machine <laughs> to the height of the food service that is heart vending and concessions. Sure. How many vending machines? How many concession stands? What, what is the scope of this thing at this point? Yeah, so we grew to where we were servicing almost a hundred different vending machines. So it was a good size, you know, small okay. to medium sized business. We we have Anheuser Busch Brewery as a customer, Yellow Cab as a customer at all their sites. Um, we have hospitals. We have the Houston Food Bank. Believe it or not, has our vending machines for their employees and and schools and other customers. And on the concession side, I think the last time we looked, we were doing well over 150 events per year when you think about 365 days in the year, right? Um, pretty much every other day we're somewhere, somewhere, right? Whether it's a Monster Jam or a Disney on Ice or a PGA tournament or a Rockets or a Texans or a, we're going to be at the Taylor Swift concert all nights with Final Four in Houston will be there. So That's unbelievable. From yeah. 12 vending machines to that mm -hmm. and growing. And that doesn't include our partnerships with CVS Health and getting folks in internships. That doesn't include a vocational program we're doing now with the Houston Food Bank. We have a partnership with the University of Houston downtown where we're getting folks in that college setting. We have a partnership with Houston ISD where we're trying to get kids who are still in high school this training before they turn 22 and graduate, hoping that they'll be on a faster track to then one day get a job and maybe not even need heart, right? If they can go straight from high school into a job by us intervening with some of our training strategies while they're still in high school. So it's definitely grown much larger than I ever thought it would in 2002 when we just filled out the paperwork and sent it to the Jane, IRS. I think I can speak for everyone when I wish you'd quit screwing around. <laughs> I know. We have so much more to do. That's the thing. There's so much more to do. The need is so great. The opportunity the is money, really great. The and here's the thing. Right now is such a huge opportunity because businesses are hurting for employees. Right. They're hurting for employees. And I've got potential employees that are desperate for these jobs. These these jobs for them is a dream come true. For for me, it would be that first rung on the ladder. That's yeah, a stepping stone for most, and this is a, it. It's the difference in a stepping stone and a destination. Right. So if we can just connect that dot, if we can connect this potential workforce to these businesses that are desperate for the workers, all it takes is training. That's yeah. really all it takes, and that's what Heart does. So we're trying to ramp up. We're trying to do more. We're trying to get it done. We'll be right back. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. An army of normal folks is about normal people seeing a need and filling it. But I think you've uh, surpassed just quote filling it. It is phenomenal what you've done. Is is it? We're only in Houston at this point, right? That's right. But it's scalable to any city. Yes, I think so because every city has people with intellectual disabilities, and every city has a stadium, or has you know a pharmacy, or has you know a pizza. Everybody's place, got a pop of drugs, <laughs> or needs a vending machine. So to me, it does seem like it should be scalable, and that should be something that you know maybe someone listening to this will have an idea of of how how we could do that. You and know. for goodness sakes, if you're listening to this and you're in Houston. And you're asking yourself, I wonder where I could help out. Call oh, heart. Exactly. We'd love to have you. We've got, you know, social media, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and a website, which is just www.heartprogram.org. I'm sorry. Is, I think I spoke over it. Say it one more time. So it's the website is www.heartprogram, which is just spelled H-E-A-R-T program.org, O-R-G. And you can get connected to our YouTube, our Facebook, our Instagram. What's your handle? So it's different on different ones. So at Facebook, it's at Heart Program, H-E-A-R-T Program. Twitter's The Heart Program, so with a T-H-E in front. And I think Instagram might have dots, like H dot E dot A Yeah, go to the website and get to one. You'll figure out the rest. You'll figure out the rest, right? For sure. One of the things we do is um, I give out my email address. Uh, Alex gives out his. All of our guests gives out. We we. We want to tell stories. We want to. We want to. We want to explore the difficulties of all of the work that our guests do, plus the redemptive stories of what they've achieved. But we also want to inspire and encourage people to get involved, either in your organization or an organization or something in their communities. And we want to say we're available if you have questions. And I just would you mind sharing sharing your email address so if anybody hearing this is interested in either getting involved in Houston or starting this in another city um, and want to get Jane pointers. <laughs> How do they reach you? I would love pointers. Uh, my email address is my first initial of my first name and then my last name at heartprogram.org. So it's jborokoff at heartprogram.org. So it's j-b-o-r-o-c-h-o-f-f at H-E-A-R-T program.org. And if that's too complicated, you could also email contact at heartprogram.org and it'll get to me too. Perfect. And we also have folks listening who may be inspired by what you're doing, but not be inspired to get involved. And any organization like yours, if anybody wants to give to it, they uh, reach out to you on the website again? Absolutely. You can email me. There's links to donate on our website and any donation is impactful. So right now with our campaign, with our facility, we're looking for very large gifts. What, how much do you need to raise? We probably need to raise almost $10 million to do the whole construction, the whole renovation. Well, we have 10 million listeners, so if everybody gives a dollar. Well, there you go. Um, But we're the kind of organization where, you know, if you can donate $7.25, you've underwritten an hour of pay, right, for somebody with an intellectual disability. So any donation really makes a huge impact. We highlight a lot of amazing stories and a lot of amazing organizations and none more deserving than heart. So uh, I hope you guys will have a heart. And uh, reach out if you're inspired, or um, at least give a little if you uh, if you think the work that Jane's doing is worthwhile, which obviously is. I want to ask you um, uh, a question my family talks about. Mm. What are your fears for Bradley? Because you're not 23 anymore, right? It's really a toss-up between being 
terrified of what will happen to him if I'm no longer here and Bob's no longer here or if we somehow, you know, get in a car crash on the way home or something together. And being terrified that we'll outlive him. Mm. I don't think any parent wants to think about that. And Although, unfortunately, for people like Bradley and Ben, that's more than likely, just statistically, a reality. And like your family, where you guys stepped up and your kids will step up, and I think the same is true in my family. I think the twins will step up. I think, you know, my brother will step up and others in our family would step up. But we don't want to burden them with that. Mm -hmm. My mother-in-law has used those exact words that she doesn't want to burden us. And, and no, no reassurances are enough. But we always say... It is not a burden. It's a privilege. I'm guessing they did everything they could possibly think of to make sure that your wife could achieve anything she wanted to achieve. Right. In spite of, despite of her brother. And it's the same thing that we try to do with the twins is kind of shield them in a way from what we're doing for Bradley so that they can experience their life, have their lives and go to college and marry who they want to marry and have kids and live wherever they want to live and not have this hanging over their heads. But the things we're talking about are what thousands of family across this country are forced to talk about and then go out into public and often have to deal with shameful responses to their existence. And if anybody listening to us has ever had those inclinations, I hope you hear our voices. Um, these are just human people who have uh, been born with disability that are to, to no fault of their own. And th there's a soul. Um, and your reaction to them, even though many of families like ours actually have the kindness to ignore you, um, we see you. In our faith, we say God doesn't make mistakes, and they're here for a reason, and we don't know what that reason is, but they have a purpose, and to your point, they haven't made any mistakes. They haven't made any wrong choices that led them to where they are, right? That's how they came. And we are called to serve the most disadvantaged among us, and what greater calling could there be? To me, I think this is one that we should all be able to rally behind. You know, people may disagree about how to help people who are unhoused or facing homeless or, you know, what to do about people facing addiction or people who've gotten in and out of jail. There's lots of different arguments you can have about, you know, the right ways. But why are we, why are we not all you know, unified and saying that these people are deserving of our support. Yeah, I think we need to have a heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was a good plug. Thank you very much. Uh, Jane, I want to tell you something. I have thoroughly enjoyed our time together. And I, I told you offline before the audience was listening in that I was really looking forward to this conversation. Um, but I had not yet revealed to you that... Um, my family and your family are not that dissimilar. And um, it is for that reason that I couldn't wait to meet you after reading your story. And I, I say it with, with really all the admiration in the world for you. It is phenomenal what you have done for countless families and countless human beings in Houston and the work that you guys continue to do. And I pray people in Houston are listening and you get, 40 phone calls tomorrow for, um, for volunteers and, uh, folks, middle income girl who in her own words grew up on literally on the other side of the tracks with a, with a mom who's a, a PhD, but going to school and a father who ran an upholstery business and 
two siblings in a normal household uh, to a girl who graduated college, just trying to make it through life, fell in love, saw a need for her husband's son and filled it. And in the process has changed lives. And that is the star story of an army of normal folks. And you are certainly a member of that, my friend. And I just can't thank you enough for joining me. Thank you for having me. And thank you for joining us this week. If Jane Borkoff or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by volunteering or donating with the HEART program by starting something like it in your own community or something else entirely, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Guys, you can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us and I promise you, I will respond. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends and on social, subscribe to the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, review it, become a premium member at normalfolks.us. All these things that will help grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney and I'll see you next week. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.